Welcome to the Love Boat Vikings podcast. This is perhaps our debut episode. We will see if it's out, then it is. If it's not, nobody will ever know. Well, I'm Matt Johnson, the host with me, Preet Shaw, Tyler Ireland, Carter Cox, just some boys, and we're looking to talk some Vikings. Obviously, one of the most pertinent topics we have is Alexander Madison. He's uh, up on the trade block. Vikings are fielding offers. Preet, I'm going to start with you, but just kind of your first take. He's our backup running back. Dalvin Cook gets hurt a lot. What's your thoughts? Because we do have a really deep running back room. It it makes sense in my opinion. I think since Ty Chandler got, we traded for Ty Chandler, it's made sense that this is a clear succession plan after Madison if he pans out. And I think he's outperformed expectations and they had to, you know, sort of speed that idea up that, hey, Chandler might be RB2 because he's stylistically he's a similar type of runner to the Camara and cook type runners where he's a, he's not just a great he's not just a run right through the tackles he's a try to evade the tackles kind of runner but um with madison i mean madison's at the weird point where he's not good enough for you to give him a contract extension as a running back but he's also too good for you to let him go for nothing and i don't think there's gonna be a serious you know compensatory pick that you could get yeah. out of him so yeah, think, especially for a running back, he's not going to earn that much. It's going to really yeah, bring down the yeah. quality of the pick with the next contract he gets. Like, I don't see him potentially starting in many places at all. Like, if you can get a fifth, I think if you can get a fifth or a fourth for him, I think you pull the trigger and you got to do it. And then, because I think that running back position, because including CJ Ham, we've got five running backs right now. I think that's too many for this new style of offense that we want to run, so got to get rid of someone. I think he's the most reasonable person that makes sense. And you got to try to field offers for him. All right. So Carter, I want to go to you because you brought this up before the show, basically sunk cost fallacy. Is he worth it? Where the, where's the team at? Are we in win now? Do you think there's a, a reasonable pick that's worth trading him for at this point? I mean, truthfully, I think you'd be lucky to get anything better than a fifth or a sixth. I mean, even honestly, a fifth deals pushing it, despite the fact that Alexander Madison is good. I mean, it really sucks to say that because he's a good player and you obviously want to have good players on your team. But when you draft Ty Chandler, you give up some capital to get him. You're kind of showing that that's an investment. And like Preet said, Madison proved his value and ended up being better than what everybody thought he was going to be. So it kind of ends up working out in that sense that if you can even get anything out of it when that room is already crowded, but then since he is such a good player and you're obviously not going to get that much for him, it is such a good deal. I mean, Oh my gosh, I would give up a fifth or sixth round pick so fast because how many fifth or sixth round picks actually end up working out? And then if you could trade that and then get a player who's proven in the league and like, let's say a win now team does that. The 49ers aren't exactly a team that I think would do it, but can you imagine if all they'd have to give up was a fifth or a sixth to get another piece in their running back room where, you know, they could, 
fully utilize him and be good. And you can even get him out the backfield and throw the ball to him. I think it's a really good situation for the league. And it's unfortunate for the Vikings, but I think it's also proves to show that Ty Chandler has filled in the shoes pretty well and has impressed staff, especially with what Preet says, because it's very hard to get a running back with a similar skill set to your starter. You're not really going to have to change play calling too much when you put Ty Chandler in. So, yeah. And I think, um, just straight up, Tyler Chandler is probably the MVP of the pre- preseason, either him or Ed Ingram, basically between those two for the Vikings, at least. We didn't have a lot of huge showings from any players, to be honest, but those two really stood out to me. Already Tyler, T.Y. McGill, I see. Oh, T.Y. McGill, who is uh, not on the team anymore. No, no, he's on IR. He's on IR. IR, sorry. Okay, Tyler, before we move on, I want to just ask, kind of wrap up this Alexander Madison situation. You seem to be kind of in the middle but I just, I don't know what the best solution to it is. Um, honestly, I think the best solution is to keep him. I mean, you mentioned just the value you would get in a trade doesn't really match up his worth to the team. Yeah. And also, I think maybe 24 hours ago, this was a bigger discussion than it is now. Because if you, when you look at it, the Vikings, they traded Jesse Davis for a seventh to clear up cap. They got rid of Armand Watts, swapped him out for Blacklock. I don't even know how that's going to work, but they've cleared up some cap space. And I feel like if they were going to trade him, it would have happened already. So it feels like a moot point. Uh, So that's kind of where I'm at. Might as well just keep him in his last year. Next year, you can find a bell cow running back you know, in the draft or in free agency somewhere. It's not that difficult. Do you think there's, all right, first of all, this is a double question for you, Tyler. Do you think we keep five running backs this year because it's coming down to the time where it's like we do or we don't? And also, um, what running back do we cut if we don't? And then would you worry about them not making it to the practice squad? I think we keep five. You know, I think this is the five we keep for the year. That's a lot of running backs. I mean, hey. I think if you don't keep one, it has to be CJ Ham. He's gonna have to be. He's gonna have to get the cut. I think you're right, but O'Connell does like fullbacks, and he we does. just cut two tight ends. O'Connell likes fullbacks, and if they were gonna get rid of Ham, then why did they waive Vargas as like one of the first to get down to seventy five? Because like they would have kept fullbacks him. makes a lot of sense for a position to waive. Like, but like, if you're going to get rid of like, why not Zimmer, Zimmer's, replace him with Zimmer, a cheaper alternative? The offenses Zimmer used, they had a lot of backup fullback competition. And I remember Kerry Blossom game one year was like <laughs> the guy That's in throwback. preseason. Yeah. And he got cut after week two. It's if you're looking to make a cut backup fullbacks, always the easiest position to go to. Okay. Well, a lot of cut talk. Speaking of great segue today was cut day. A lot of cuts on the Vikings end. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to list some of the notable ones. We're probably just going to hit on a few of the ones, ones that we think are deemed worth talking about. So just blasting through them quick. Mannion and Mon, both backup quarterbacks, cut, replace them with Mullins. Uh, Jalen Twyman, which is a little bit of a surprise cut for me, D-tackle. Um, Wyatt Davis, who's a, just a disappointing pick from the 2021 draft, like many others. I'm sure we'll touch on that later. Uh, Chisena, wide receiver, kind of a gadget player. And then two tight ends with Zach Davidson, Nick Muse, Chaz Surratt. Um, him and Davidson were also from the 2021 draft. 
Um, and then BC Johnson wasn't cut, but I think we'll touch on him since he's on the IR and he was in the hunt to be one of the top wide receivers. Um, Tyler, do you just want to touch on quick? Just the fact that we cut both of our backup quarterbacks and we're running just Kirk cousins and then a new guy. I mean, it shows a lot of confidence in Nick Mullins. Uh, <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what, where from, takeaway. like, I know he's good, but, um, for backup, I should say. I'm curious to see if they can uh, get away with stashing Mon on the practice squad. I mean, for all of his struggles in the preseason, like I still have a glimmer of hope for him to turn into like a solid backup quarterback with upside. I mean, Mond never seemed like one of those quarterbacks who relied on their athleticism and was like one progression and then I'm just going to run. Like he had the athleticism to do that, but he was like a pro style quarterback under Jimbo Fisher. And you can tell that he knew how to go through his reads. He just, it always seemed like he was overthinking everything. Like he just didn't do it fast enough or he wasn't confident in his himself to where he can just play without thinking. And I think that really affected him just changing offenses two years in a row even if this one's probably better for his development it's probably affected him a little bit so you know i'm really intrigued to see if we can keep him and just his development for the future if i'm honest though that overthinking hesitation unable to read a defense is kind of the biggest red flag in a quarterback for me especially since mon does have some you know natural athletic ability but I don't know, Carter, do you think he's going to get picked up by another team? Does he have a good fit somewhere? What do you think? I think Kellen Mond sucks. I think the <laughs> so does Mike Zimmer. That he could have, <laughs> me and him agree on something for once, but good grief. I think the only role he could have was something we discussed earlier, and that's even like almost a situational type of thing. But even then, if you're going to want to implement that your offense, there's so many better options to choose than Kellen Mond. I watched almost every single game he played at, at Texas A&M for the four years that he was there. And my biggest knock on him is that that man is a robot. The way that he Perfect fit for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh, he'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of similarities. But man, that dude, just with the way he moves in the pocket, it is like a Madden player. You've seen that little meme video where Josh Allen stands still in the pocket and says, oh, the controller died. That's essentially <laughs> what it's like having Kellen Mond at quarterback. But I think he can be – he's going to get a shot somewhere else if Vikings don't put him on the practice squad. He'll, he'll be around for a little bit, but I don't think he's going to fix these issues that have plagued him for four years at Texas A&M and then two years in the NFL. So, Yeah, Tyler, go ahead. Very quickly – I just want to make an observation. The Vikings have had terrible luck with Jimbo Fisher quarterbacks. The last one we drafted before Mond, I believe, was Christian Ponder. So <laughs> I, I guess for future reference, you didn't love if Christian you were Ponder, under bro. Jimbo Fisher, don't draft him. It never works. You know what's out. funny is that Christian Ponder had better pocket movement than Kellen Mond. Christian Ponder was quick, though, bro. He was quick. That, that's what I'm saying. His wife was quick to, quick to hit the block button on Twitter too after a few Christian Ponder jokes. <laughs> Creed is notorious for getting blocked. We'll probably touch on that in the future, especially when it's OJ related. Preet, before we move on, where does Mond end up and where do you want him to end up? The Lions. I think he ends up there and I want him to end up there because <laughs> Why? Uh, because it's the ultimate revenge 
for you know the first real male like that put the end of the Mike Zimmer regime in my opinion was Dan Campbell. Like when we barely beat him, and then hit Kirk Cousins and him are like pushing each other. Kirk Cousins and uh, Mike Zimmer are pushing each other on the sideline. The best way for this to come full circle is Mike Zimmer's temporarily proven right. Like, oh, Kellen Mond was shit. He's fucking garbage. Good thing you cut him. And he goes to Lions and he lifts Motor City to a championship before the Vikings. I, and he, Dan Campbell's just biting kneecaps off people and <laughs> doing speed. And like, that, that would be the Kellen Mond just gains like the ability to do everything correctly, like, doesn't overthink his reads, becomes the. And I think this, he, like, he overthinks his reads so much, he needs someone like Dan Campbell who simplifies everything. I feel like that'd be a great little dichotomy. He'd understand, take it a little bit more easy. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that, to be honest. And you and should also, have like, quite the imagination, Preet. No, no, no. And also, like, one thing I noticed about Kellen Mond <laughs> is once he makes up his mind, it's hard for him to do anything else. Like, do you guys remember that fourth down play last week? I'm not sure if you guys watched the game. He just inexplicably rolls left on a fourth and goal when no receivers are going oh, yeah. in that direction. And it's like, brother, use your brain a little bit. Like, what do you do? Like, he makes T-Jack, rest in peace, T-Jack. He R. makes T-Jack look like a great quarterback. T-Jack was great. Do not, don't rip him. T-Jack is also just, a good don't... wide receiver, rest in peace. He got cut. Christian Jackson. <laughs> yeah, very smooth, Tyler. All right. Um, so consensus is Mond, who cares? Um, it is just disappointing that some people, I don't know if I'm included, had some high hopes for him. Uh Jalen Twyman. I remember I talked to Carter the day after he got drafted. Oh, thanks. And Carter said he has the worst footwork I've ever seen. <laughs> any even, like, I don't know how to even explain it. He even has bad shoulder work. Yes, he does. he does. He does. I noticed the it. pocket is atrocious. And I've watched it. He was serviceable in college. He did exactly what he needed to do, and he worked well for Texas a and But I don't understand how people got so hyped around him in that he just Because he had I, – I was never a Kellen Mond believer. It's just the potential. It's like he in the spotlight, he just year. forgets all mechanics. He just loses yeah. everything. Well, obviously, he doesn't look good in practice either because Mike Zimmer didn't want to look at him. No, it was just like the potential that every, he have the, he has yeah. the athleticism. He has the big arm, even though he doesn't use it. He doesn't use the athleticism either. If someone could get him to piece it all together, but they couldn't. And also, one thing I noticed with Kellen Mond, he telegraphs his reads to the safety almost every single play. Like, yeah. do you guys remember that interception he threw in the second week of preseason, right? At the very end against the Niners. The safety was all over. He didn't even look off the safety once. He just telegraphed the read and threw it right to the 49ers safety who was able to make a play. It's just it's just so frustrating when you see someone that's all through the skills and just can't piece it together. Yeah, and um, you're referencing the preseason a lot, which is tough because, you know, you can't... I mean, that's our only field of work we have with Mon. We don't have... No, you're right. Oh. But also, like, if good players are bad... Um, you can kind of write it off, but if bad players are bad against backups, it's just so tough to have any hope for a player. Yeah, Carter. So the thing is with Kellen Mond is in watching him at Texas A&M, he very marginally improved year by year, but the main improvements that were made around him were just due to the team around him. He showed such little development as a passer himself Things got slightly better, but it was never the improvement. Like, because, you know, everybody talked about the jump he made from year three to year four. And I just never really saw it because I knew the team around him had gotten better. I didn't think he really improved that much. And 
he has proven not to be – he's arguably gotten worse fundamentally since being in the NFL, so that's saying something. I just want to close out the Montauk. Um, Montauk. The Montauk by uh, saying, I feel like he is the result of what happens when GM or general managers draft for tr- just purely on traits and not what they actually see on the field. Like he's got the a Rick lot of great special. traits. Like, you know, he's, you know, athletic, he's smart, he's this and that. But then when you actually put it all together on the field, nothing works. And I think that's kind of what happened. It's kind of a red flag, honestly, if he's just not good. Yeah. Hot take. That's the biggest way not to succeed in the NFL. <laughs> just not, not be good at football. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, if he doesn't end up on our team, on our practice squad, hopefully he ends up somewhere and has some sort of a career. I don't know. He's still de- 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 a developmental guy, so we'll see. Kyle um, for backup. Uh, Kyle, yeah, preseason champ. Fourth um, string quarterback champ. All right, thanks. Let's keep adding on to it. Uh, Jalen Twyman got cut as well. We don't need to touch on this too long. He's a good story. I loved him. I love the prospect that he has a 10% chance of being mini Aaron Donald. Um, he works out with Aaron Donald, same school, both went to Pitt. But Tyler, you're kind of saying here, maybe he's not a good fit, but the athleticism for me is just, it's kind of the Mon thing. Like he just has potential. So I'm a little mm-hmm. disappointed with this. Do you think he ends up on the practice squad? I mean, he has a chance. I just think the the Donatel scheme change really screwed with him. Yeah. Like I, I, I think he was perfect as a rotational Zimmer pass rusher in a four, three. I mean, he's just super undersized. And when you put him in a three, four and you, you just have to be a lot more powerful than he is, you know, I mean, we saw and Aaron, I, I just don't think the change benefited him. You're right. Like, like but if best, he he's was a sub package player, you know, in any scheme and even more of a sub package player in a three, four, because there's only, I mean, in Donatello's system, it's kind of hybrid. So they're going to show four, three looks, but they're doing that a lot less than a four, three would have him on as a third down pass rusher. I'm going to keep comparing him to Aaron Donald, not because he's as good as Aaron Donald, but because they have similar, uh, not abilities, similar roles, like as if they were, both playing to their full potential, but they did make a switch. The Rams did to a three, four from a four, three. And that's when Aaron Donald went outside as a, maybe not a pure pass rusher, but kind of a hybrid edge player. That's where I thought uh, Twyman would go, but I mean, it's unfortunate to see. He just didn't make the cut uh, pun, not intended. Do you Preet Carter, any hot takes or should we move on? Move on. Yeah, no, it's basically non-story at this point. Wyatt Davis, um, also not a lot to talk about, but it's a little surprising to me that we both traded Jesse Davis and cut Wyatt Davis to let Ed Ingram right into place to start a rookie, but it's just disappointing that Wyatt Davis is cut after he was just drafted. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Second round pick or third, third, Early third round third. pick or no late third, I think. actually. And it's or also just ironic. It's hilarious. Just the stars align first, first right guard pick the front office takes starter as a rookie but spielman era could not nail a guard to save their lives to save their jobs they couldn't do it so preet um i just want to hear what you have to say about if you wrote in the doc (laughs) 
<laughs> he, I mean, I'm going to give my first semi-serious take. Uh, this has became a lot less shocking. Like, because I remember last, like, the start of offseason, this right before Courtney Cronin was leaving the Vikings job to take the Bears one for ESPN. Check her out if you guys don't know that. It's really good reporting. But she reported that no scout wanted Wyatt Davis. They didn't even have a backup grade on him. Rick Spielman just took him to, like, douse some fire on, like, already, like, like douse, a, douse some water on a hot fire. And it didn't pan out. But what I was saying is the fact that he couldn't get a single start on this team and that he didn't last more than a year as a third-round pick, he makes Drew Simi and Pat Elfline look like Vikings Ring of Honor players. Like, those guys were both atrociously bad, but they both managed to last two or three seasons, like, two or three seasons and managed right. to start multiple games. Like, we got to the point where he was so bad that those guys were starting ahead of him. Or even if they weren't starting ahead of him, they were able to get games when he wasn't, and that's just incredible to me. Like, What's... how bad must he have been? Now I'm a little curious. Is there any depth behind Ingram? Do you guys know off the top of your head? Yeah, Schlopman, Reed. Okay. And... I think those two were the main guys. I now, guess Blake Brandell, you can elevate him, but he's more of a tackle most of the time. You can maybe... They can a activate Kenton off the practice squad. It's telling that those guys are who we kept over Davis as well. Well, Davis oh, is getting no, third-round money. It also it also shows Ed Ingram is that guy. Right. This regime has so much confidence in starting a rookie. And, like... I know he has a questionable past. I'm not going to skirt past that. I mean, I, I'm going to just address that real quick. I hated the a, pick because of that at the time, but you have yeah, to accept that he's you know, a good player. there were no charges. I'm not going to accept that he's a good player because if he's wrong, he's wrong. I don't want him on the team. No, but, no, he's a good player. He's a bad person is what I was going to say. He might not be. Technically, we don't well, know. No, no. We, we don't, don't know if he's know. a bad person. He might not be a great person, but he's a great pass protecting guard. But we're talking football, so let's just keep it at that. Yeah, no, no, no. And like... With him starting as a right guard, I feel a confident, a supreme confidence in our offensive line that I haven't felt in a long time. Right. And I think the only piece left to sort out is center. And, you know, yeah. Hey, we might make a trade. The Eagles have an abundance of centers. They have Dickerson, Jurgens, and Jason Kelsey. So I I don't think they'd be willing to trade Dickerson or Jurgens, but if Jason Kelsey's willing to ride it one season in Minnesota, which I'm not sure he is. Well, there were reports that JC Treader called the Vikings and they didn't return his, his calls. Someone's lying there. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I'm 100% yeah, on the Yeah, because Quasey was like, what the fuck? I never heard <laughs> yeah. that. So that was an interesting anecdote from the offseason. But yeah, I, I think something will happen at center. Bradbury hasn't even looked good or there hasn't been even good reports of him, which is also disappointing, but I don't think we know what we have in him at this point. Yeah. Maybe with better guards, he gets a little bit of help. He gets a little better. I'm not expecting, you know, all pro performance <laughs> from him. But... We have Chris Reed and Schlopman behind him. So let me say this is I remember the year where we had elf line at center and everyone's like, well, now that he has guards next to him, you know, he'll be better, right? He'll be better. Well, we year. say that He's every year. Guards. That was, yeah, that was that his third year, year right? with a struggling center, and then nothing changes. But here's the thing is, Elf, that was his third year. And his second year, his first year, Elfline was good. His second right. year, everyone got concerned because he's like, he took a dip in play. But everyone's like, hey, he broke his leg in the last game of the year. Maybe he just didn't get the weight training program in. Then his third year, he kind of accepted who he was. And his guards were not very good, if I remember correctly. Like he had some really 
piss no, poor. No, the interior of the O line hasn't been good for ten yeah, years. It it's a bunch of it's a it's a bunch of traffic cones for the last couple of years. All right, but now gonna, we're finally getting somewhere. I'm gonna run through a couple more cuts just to give him a quick summary. Talk about him for a minute. Chisena, don't even really want to touch on. He Wait, can was, I touch on that? Can I touch on that? You want to talk on? You want to touch Chisena? Yeah, I I mean. That means I think that means you're going to see Naylor and Mir Smith Marset take over punt gunning duties, and Chisen is a really good punt gunner. So it's it's yeah. interesting to see that they this regime like last couple of times Chisen has been kept on the squad. It's been a surprise, but it's good to see that this regime values potential offensive output over just a pure special teams role. Okay, I'm glad you had something to say about him because I didn't. But yeah, good take. I actually agree. And I was just going to basically the reason I didn't want to talk about him is just I'm glad he's not taking up a wide receiver spot, but <clears throat> you know, like you said, special team guy. So it's good that you pointed out we need someone to take over that. Um, Zach Davidson and Nick Muse. I'm a little surprised that two tight ends were cut. Tyler, I see you wrote something in the prep doc. What do you just think is kind of be the going to be the situation at tight end this year? Uh, it's just going to be a lot of uh, just Irv when he's healthy and Munt. Like, I don't know how often they're going to run three tight end sets and when if it's just going to be like goal line and even if they need a third blocker do they just use ham instead instead of ellison like i don't know how confident the team is in ellison i mean you had two young players that the team drafted in the last couple of years at tight end and neither of them could even make the roster i'm a bit worried about the depth at that position especially with irv's health they're like oj howard's available you know they were college teammates maybe bring him in that he would might be good in relief i don't want him like he might be good tight backup or third stringer. yeah for a third Three. string but, tight end that is that's solid that's I mean, phenomenal he's had yeah. rough couple seasons though like the downfall is pretty big on you could bring 35-year-old Jared Cook. No, can't do that. No. We're not going to do that. Not that we would, but you could. No. I, I don't know what the team's going to do at tight end. Hey, maybe you can convince the Dolphins to trade you Gusecki. Who knows? I don't think you want to do that. Isn't Gusecki wanna... their guy? Yes. Well, anything. They want him to be Kittle and be like a better blocker. Can I like say something real quick about Muse and Ellison getting cut? Or Muse and uh, Davidson getting cut? Yeah. It feels like with Ellison, they just took the safest route possible. You know what he is. You know what he's going to give you. And that's fair David, with a new front yeah, office playing yeah, to win, I think. Yeah, and especially for a third tight end position. Because Muse and Davidson, they both each had one good game. And they had one game where they just mightily struggled. with. Am drops. I wrong to say that Davidson looked more good, in the, good, good in the than he looked game? bad? No, no, you're wrong to say that. The first two games were I really liked, rough. He had a lot of good, like, he was kind of like a, kind of like a, this is a bad comparison maybe because of skill level, but like a Kyle Rudolph guy, like he just come to, comes down no. with catches. No, I no. think that's, I think that's an all, because he's, he, he uh, Kyle Rudolph was notoriously sure-handed. Um, Zach Davidson dropped three, I think in the first game he dropped two passes, in the second game he dropped three, so, you okay. know. Zach yeah, Davidson and... makes Evan Ingram look like Randy Moss. No, nah, let's not go catch. that far. His last uh, game, he Zach was performing Davidson pretty well. Couldn't catch like a check down. Zach... No, he 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 was good last game. Let's not go that far. Last no, game, no, was... I'm going full hyperbole here. I mean, 
dude, if this guy could catch, he would be solid. It is just so frustrating to see him. No, he caught practically the, he everything. Should, I think, hey, put him on the practice squad one more year and see what you have next year's a big year for him. Nick Muse, I think. I hope he goes to the practice squad. I know me and Carter are really high on him. And then hopefully, you know, Irv's in a contract year. If you choose to pay him, good. But if you can't, we've got two other guys who are, you know, low cost, high up, like potential high upside guys. And if one of them develops, you're fine. Carter, are you raising your hand? I would just like to comment that half my support of Nick Muse is ironic due to (laughs) photographs of him existing. However, I do think he's actually pretty good, and it is disappointing to see him get cut. Especially, you never like when a meme player gets cut, you know. But you know, like Preet said, put him on the practice squad, see if he develops. We'll see what happens then. But I'd say probably about half my support of Nick Muse is, uh, you know, due to a photograph. If you know, you you've seen the photograph. It was trending. We we, we all seen the photograph. Not me making the fifty-three man roster. (laughs) okay um i do think cj ham i mean we saw him really explode catching passes last season dude he could be tight in three too he sealed off well uh, we know he's a good blocker oh no he no but we don't know how like he just for context there was a play last year against the steelers we sealed off tj block on kirk cousins or tj watt and kirk cousins blindside so insane he should be tight in one honestly for a fullback Hey, what if hey, we just made the I entire team nothing but 53 clones of CJ Ham? We'd probably win the Super Bowl. We'd have a better chance oh, yeah. of winning the Super a... Bowl than we would have had the rest of our history as Vikings. We'd have fans. a lot of guys you'd want. Dude, we'd have a lot of guys on the team who you'd want your sister to date then. And if you know, you know. Yeah. So he's essentially doing what Mike Tolbert failed to do in Super <laughs> Bowl 50, where we lined him up as a tight end and expected him to block Von Miller. And why'd you line him up as a tight end? It's a great because question. Matt Remmers is garbage. He was Mike at that Remmers weird little garbage. H-back type position in the back. Yeah, I know exactly. For those who don't know, Carter is a Panthers fan. Yes, and also Mike Remmers has cost two teams a Super Bowl, <laughs> the Panthers and the Chiefs. Yeah. And he cost the Vikings the NFC Championship game against the Eagles with not being able to seal out blocks correctly. Never. That needs to be Mike on his Remmers PFR trash. page. Cost three teams chances at a Super Bowl. My existence as a Panthers and Auburn fan and a part-time Jaguars fan is quite painful. Pain. Well, you're talking to Vikings and Timberwolves fans. so Y'all relate to me. All right. uh, Let's see. BC. We can talk about BC. Technically, he wasn't cut. I just want to put that out there. But he is an IR, not contributing to the 53-man roster. Um, What's the week he can come back if we decide to bring him back? What's the latest? Week Dude, 10? he tore his ACL. He's done. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's out for the season. He, he he's tore his ACL. Yeah, he's gone. He can come back like AP. I don't know what you're talking about. I think Not he human. tore his other ACL. He tore his oh, other like ACL. He, yeah. Like he tore one of them, and then he tore the opposite Wait, one what? the following year. Yeah, he tore the opposite ACL. Like last year, he tore, I think, his right ACL. This year, oh, he tore his left one. Okay. All right, well. And did anyone see the play where he tore it on? Because I did not see it. That's like the notorious the thing game. about tearing an ACL, though. You can't really... You don't see it right away a lot of times. Like people walk off with torn ACLs. Yeah, like Zach Wilson. Like no one really Jameson thought he wore an ACL until it was announced, and then it turns out it wasn't as bad. But like he like walked it off. But the point is, you know, he's not getting that roster spot that we thought he'd be penciled in as probably wide receiver four. I mean, I know Tyler thinks that. No wide Tyler, receiver five. But five. Who's four then? Amir. 
Okay. Oh, you're right. Spaced. But uh, Tyler, I will start with you. I just want to know kind of your take on BC and like who is going to fill that spot as like pseudo veteran wide receiver in the lineup because there's a lot of young guys that were going to be behind him. Well, first of all, I consider myself like an Ola BC Johnson fanboy. Stan. Like, yeah, I, 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 if there's one player I had to stand, it, it was him. Like, I remember uh, the year we drafted him. So he was drafted in the seventh round. And there was another receiver drafted in the seventh round that year, Dylan Mitchell. And there was a he, kind of like a mini debate amongst fans, like who would end up as the better one. From day one, I knew BC Johnson's the better player. Like M- Mitchell was like the super athletic, high upside, four years at Oregon. I, I, I stuck with BC. Mitchell didn't even make the team. You're uh, ride or yeah. die, BC Johnson. Yeah, I am ride or die, BC Johnson. That being said, epic. He, he's this second ACL injury really, really jacks up his career trajectory. Like he is heading towards Chad BB territory with, you know, these expectations of wide receiver three not really living up to them after the hype starts and just all these injuries. You know, it really sucks to see, but all it takes is one more mid-round wide receiver that next year that the team could draft, and it's done. There, There's no more space for him. We've already got probably by the end of the year, Naylor's going to, like, McCardell loves Naylor already as it stands. If Naylor has a decent rookie year, like, he's – he jumps ahead of BC. BC's then wide receiver six. They draft I think he's the already guy, ahead of BC then with that, his special teams abilities. Yeah, he's probably already ahead of BC now. And if they draft one more guy, because you're not going to have a receiver punt seven, gunner there's with, no way he makes the team. You're not going to have a punt gunner with no ACLs. Yeah. So <laughs> things are looking rough for him, man. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but that's just the opportunity like for bionic ACLs. No, it's it's over for BC. It, like, it's, I think so too. Let's be clear. Like, I think it's the end. I'd love for him to prove me wrong. Like, I want him to prove me wrong because I also... He's going to replay this podcast before every game next year. He's going to listen to you, Preet, and it's going to be his fuel. Hey, 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 BC, BC. I hope you prove me wrong. Oh, and you ruined it. No, no, I I was all... I like Tyler. I I like Tyler. was also a BC Johnson over Dylan Mitchell guy. I was also a Rock Thomas. There's, over, there's a whole uh, two of you. Rock Thomas. Over I was also Mike a Rock Boone. Thomas over Mike Rock Boone Thomas. Guy. Yes, I believe. Dude, ride or die, like, Rock Thomas. I actually he was broke a joke. No, he broke an 80 yard run in the like, third play. I was like, oh shoot, this guy's gonna be good. And then he got caught. Mike Boone took with... the spot because no, no, of that yeah, too. Then he got caught with Holden Hill selling weed, and I'm like, I'm oh. flabbergasted that there were this many Rock Thomas believers. I I always knew he was pretty good. I just thought he'd be you know, a third down back at best in the NFL. Well, we didn't think oh, he was no, going to no. usurp Delvin it was, Cook. It was, it was for running It was for running back three. Yeah. I was a believer in him for running back three. You know I what? I was really play. a believer in Mike Boone. And he's on the he's on the Broncos now. We got to watch him you, a little bit. You remember when Mike Boone started that Sunday night game against the Packers? Yeah, and I loved every second of it. No, you didn't. That was awful. That game was the worst. I remember Aaron Jones ran for an 80-yard touchdown where David Bakhtiari clearly held Anthony Barr down the field. The one perk, though. I was actually in a Facebook group 
like a Vikings Facebook group. And one of the frequent posters in that group was like BC or not BC, excuse me. Um, Mike Boone's like cousin or something or aunt. <laughs> so it was like some lady who was okay. like distant so, well, family members to him. It was just like constantly hyping him up. So I was super sad to see him go because like, you know, no more posts from his relative. No. So what I'm hearing, your piece of what I, no no no, Tyler, Tyler, if I'm hearing this correctly, you're invited to Mike Boone's family cookout. No, not at all. No, she just posted no, no, on a public that, that, Vikings Facebook page. That's what I was Facebook hearing. Page. I'm no, hearing I wish I was like invited a... to the cookout. I mean, I'm hearing I you're going to be like a step very... uncle or something. No, my my food wouldn't be that good. They're not inviting me to the cookout. Well, no, I'm just thrilled to hear more about Mike Boone, but I think we should probably <laughs> keep it to the wide receiver talker. Move on. Uh, Can I just add something real quick? Yes, feel this? free. With five running backs. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Mike Boone. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm, I like the Vikings. I'm willing to move past Mike Boone for a little bit now. Um, But uh, seeing as there are five receivers and five running backs, I think logically it makes sense that once a receiver is gone, or once a running back is gone, because I don't think they're going to carry five going in the regular season, once one of them is gone, I think – and I, I, I hope that we pick up another receiver. And I want to stand on the table and say Darius Slayton should be that guy if you can't convince OBJ to come here, which you probably can't. Do you think the reports wrong. of OBJ are real? No, those are fake. Okay. I saw one but tweet. And I, I saw one to tweet, too. I saw that exact same one. Yes, I didn't but... have time to check it out. But then all okay, the comments no, no. were like, he's going to believe... take snaps away from uh, Osborne. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was, I was believing it for a second. Then I clicked under who liked it. And it was like Bob Netherlands and Rasta Pasta. So I was like, nah. And squeaks. Yeah, and squeaks. King I'm squeaks. like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like, yeah, okay. Vikings Twitter's legend. We're very Viking, active Viking on the Twitter Vikings legend. Twitter, yeah. so you should participate if you don't already. Um, no, but um, no, but I, what I was going to say is, I think Darius Slayton could potentially be a wide receiver four for this. Is he a free team. agent, or you're talking yeah, trade? Uh, he's going to be cut, or he's going to be traded, is okay. what the Giants have said. So if he's cut, I don't think he'll last. To us I think he'll pull wires. a trade, like a really late pick. Yeah, dude, like a set, like. <sighs> A seventh round pick for Darius Slayton, I do in a heartbeat. I would like. There's to no way Darius the Giants Slayton. do that. Darius they they will. They they don't been. want him on the team anymore. He's never. They don't been want any wide receiver on the team anymore. They're trying to get rid of Galladay. They have Kadarius Tony, Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and dude, Wondell this isn't Robinson. a Giants podcast. <laughs> they have, they have no Carter. room. He, he was gonna say something. <laughs> yeah, there's no room Carter. for Slayton. They're gonna off. get. They're gonna get rid of him for anything at this point. Darius Slayton has never been used correctly throughout any point of his career. In Auburn, he played in an offense under Gus Malzahn, which is notoriously so non-receiver friendly. And then he got thrown into just the abysmal Giants offense. We've never even really got to see his best attribute, which is his speed. So put yep. him in a Vikings offense where you can actually use that. I think you'd see some productivity out of him. We Plus, are now a Darius Slayton podcast. Oh, dude, Carter, 100%. Use him just to stretch the field like you use Naylor and Amir Smith-Marset. And he's a better receiver than both of them at this point, in my opinion. I, I agree. Oh, he's proven himself in a system that doesn't fit him. So I think if you get him on a team, especially with Kirk, because, I mean, you know, that's a whole different topic, but Kirk will that, get that would be his best quarterback he's ever had. hundred percent. And Kirk has a pretty decent deep ball for all he's the He's played with Jarrett Stidham and um Danny Dimes. Dimes and one year of Eli, I think. Did he have one year of Eli? Oh yeah, you're sorry. He did have one year of Eli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Wonderful. 
uh tyler i think we can move into ryan Wright if you just want to i i don't really i'm not a huge punter analyst i just want you to tell me a little bit about the ryan Wright situation other than he's huge and wears 66 so i'm gonna let you ride with that yeah so the whole ryan Wright thing kind of took me by surprise because it seemed like heading into this year the vikings were just going to keep the continuity on special teams right you're going to keep greg joseph you know, shaky start to last year, but, you know, he's a, he's got a bit of experience, you know, you're keeping uh, Andrew DiPaola, long snapper. So like, why not just keep Jordan Barry, right? So like on the surface, it's like, just keep all your guys and roll into this year with, you know, all that chemistry that you've built. But I applaud the Vikings for making the ballsy decision to cut Barry there's a lot of risk with choosing a rookie punter. Cause not only do they have to punt, they got to hold. So your, your chemistry and how you work with Greg Joseph is incredibly important. I know in practice, he, Greg Joseph went like, Oh, and two, when he was had a uh, right holding. So I was initially right. concerned, but this dude can punt, right? I mean, the 70 yard punt, Landed I on mean, the one Greg or two. Joseph didn't seem to miss much of a beat at all when he was holding the ball during preseason. So he I was very excited for his potential. Too. Like, and he's a very marketable punter. I mean, how often do you see that, right? The thicker, the thick kicker. <laughs> uh, I, I call him wide right. That's what I call him. Um, I like that nickname more. Than now you're just, now you're giving PTSD to Buffalo. That burns, yes. It, it, it's both, it can both kind of be insulting and kind of like a I prefer the thicker I'm not gonna lie the thicker he's not even a kicker yeah but, but it's uh, similar positions he uses his legs he kicks the ball he, we get he it he uses like you know Pat McAfee gave him a shout out I love that but, that was funny so I'm just really excited for him I mean that being said he might be like the first scapegoat if something goes wrong. One hundred percent. One. I was just thinking back to this, right? And like, we don't put a lot of emphasis on these like minor positions, like long snapper or holder. But you remember when we cut Kevin McDermott for that rookie from Navy? And then yeah. the second I year, loved I Austin the... Cutting. I was Austin Cutting. I was devastated was when we cut him. That was, was that was his name. And then he just rolled an extra point attempt against the Bears on Thursday night or Monday night football, and just rolled back. And then it was like he became the scapegoat, and we had to bring in Andrew Pola. And it was just like, ah, I mean, Austin I hope... did an interview where uh, someone he... asked him his favorite animal, and he's like, I love sloths. He says, like, in a really deadpan voice, I love sloths. And I, 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 hope... I just love Listen... the guy ever since. Oh, he's so I random hope... and quirky. Yeah, I, I, I wanted the, uh... us to keep him and Carlson. That that would have been our long snapper. And well, we don't need to get years. into it, but Carlson yeah. wouldn't be good if we, we kept we... him. Okay, I, I'm just going to say is, like, I hope the right thing works out. Okay. Given the Vikings' special teams history, shit's going to go hit the fan week one. What I did like about this preseason is we learned a lot about special teams, and that's not always the case. Like, we learned punt returners, bad. We learned punter, good. Kicker, pretty good. So, I don't know. If we got anything Coverage units, that... pretty decent. Yeah. We learned a lot, which I think is all you can ask for from a preseason. Someone go back in time and get Cordero Patterson and uh, Marcus Charles in their prime and get them back here. Let's do it. And you can cut that last bit out because I had no relevance. 
Yeah, we'll end the show here. This is a first step. We uh, you can find us on Twitter. We'll put Twitter in the description probably, so we don't need to list them off. Otherwise, thanks for listening. This has been the Love Boat Sports. Bye.